Welcome to Balance Your Life, a podcast designed to motivate you to begin and maintain your health and wellness journey. My name is Megan Farrell. I'm the creator of the Balance by Megan brand, host of this podcast, yoga enthusiast and teacher, motivational and lifestyle speaker, and blogger. I love inspiring and empowering others to live a more positive, successful, healthier, and happier lifestyle. If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Let's do this. Before we dive into this week's episode, a friendly reminder about the Yoga Teachers and Wellness Professionals Retreat I am co-hosting with Amanda Kingsmith from Mastering the Business of Yoga in Nazara, Costa Rica this November. This is a seven-day all-inclusive yoga retreat designed to expand and grow your yoga and wellness business. You get three meals included, beach days, a waterfall excursion, business workshops, and of course, daily yoga and meditation classes. There's also a ton of time for relaxation, hanging out and collaborating with like-minded people. Sounds like fun, right? So if this sounds like your jam, you can find the link for more information or to sign up in today's show notes. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Fabletics. Fabletics is a clothing company that inspires you to stay active by providing high quality clothing with prices you can feel good about. You guys know I am obsessed with this brand. I practically live in these yoga clothes and I'm honestly not even sure what real clothes are like. (laughs) Here's a trick though. Sign up for the VIP package to get your two leggings for $24. And then each month, I just skip the month and wait for their sales to go on. So I've gotten a full three-piece outfit for $15, literally $5 uh, clothing piece, which is insane. And the quality of these clothes are top-notch. So follow the link in the show notes below for your deal and get two leggings for $24. That's two leggings for $24. Two leggings for $24. Now, on to the show. Angela is a business owner. She's a CrossFit coach, a yoga teacher, Reiki master. She has all the good titles behind her. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. I am so excited to be here speaking with you. Perfect. So can you let us... our listeners know where you're joining us from today? I am joining you from beautiful Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands of Washington State in the U.S. Um, It's a gorgeous paradise here and it's beautiful outside right now. I wish I could show you. (laughs) I have some friends that live on Vancouver and in British Columbia so I know the area. I actually googled it after you and I connected and I was like blown away it's so pretty over there yeah it really is nice I (laughs) definitely want to make my way over there and so you and I connected via social media which is so nice I love connected with connecting with like-minded people and I listened to one of your podcast episodes on another podcast (laughs) 
platform, uh, platform, I guess. And you have an incredible story. And I was so excited that you said yes to being on the show. Um, and I, I want to dive into, can you give a little backstory of um, how, how you got started in this industry? I know just from your previous podcast episode that you were involved in a really traumatic life changing accident. Can you go into that a little bit for us? Yeah. Well, first I'll start off with, um, I've always been pretty active. Um, I danced, I played softball, I had sports, you know, growing up. Um, but it wasn't until this traumatic accident that really health and fitness came into play. Like I really appreciated what our bodies can actually do. Um, because it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So when I was 22, I am 38 now. So when I was 22, I was in a head-on collision. Um, a driver was passing in a no-passing zone, and we were on a bridge that's just a highway, so it's just two cars coming at each other. And um, we hit driver to driver. So the reenactment of the accident said I was doing about 10 miles per hour. They were doing about 70. So you can imagine it's just like wow. hitting a brick wall. Um, I was pronounced dead on scene. The driver of the truck was still alive at the time. Um, a state trooper was bringing my body back to the car and, um, he said I was slumped over the steering wheel and he saw me take a breath on my own. And so I came back on my own. Um, and immediately, you know, they had to cut me out with the jaws of life. The car was slightly hanging off a bridge. I mean, it was just super traumatic every which way you go with this accident. Um, so they cut me out. I was pretty much crushed, crushed from the waist down. So pelvis was shattered. My left hip was completely shattered. Um, every bone in my right foot across was broken. I mean, I, the list goes on and on about how many, I woke up in the hospital and all I could move. I couldn't sit up. I threw, um, a funny bone out of my left elbow. I mean, it was just, just crazy experience. Um, so they basically told my family that if I survived, cause they weren't expecting me to survive this accident, that if I survived, I would never walk again. Um, and I can tell you that, yes, I am walking and I'm running a gym and coaching CrossFit and all the, all the things that you needed earlier. Um, so the doctors did no crap. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it was, it's been such a, a journey. I have, um, I made it through an 18 hour surgery. Um, yeah. And then my recovery process started. I remember listening to the story on the other podcast and just like jaw, it was hitting the ground. Like, I mean, your story is absolutely, it, it's well, it's crazy on so many different levels. The fact that you survived, that you were in this accident, that you survived this accident. Not only did you survive this accident, but you you came back on your own. And mm-hmm. I just, I like it. It's it's an incredible story. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just. I, it's so amazing to hear you and see you as you are. I mean, you talk about your story, which I can't imagine is 
very easy to remember all of that and to repeat it um, over and over again. Yeah. How? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been hard. That's a hard process. So like I said, I was 22. It took me pretty close to like 10, maybe even 11 years for me to get to the point to where I could actually talk about it. My family would try to talk to me about it and I'm just like, nope, I don't want to go there. I can't do it. Um, so it wasn't until I started sharing my story and realizing how inspirational it is and people would leave, you know, in tears after I would say it and then email me or call me and say how inspiring it was and how when they're having a hard day, they just think about the story and they push through. And then that was like, oh my God, I, I need to stop being selfish and I need to help inspire and spread the word that you're, you can do so much more than you think you can. Yeah, a hundred percent. Absolutely. And it, it, it does put into context, you know, if you're having a bad day and then you, you listen to your story or you remember your story, you're like, wow, like I know I can do it and you know, I can push through and it's a bad day, but there's more good days to come. How long did it take you between the accident and well, how long were you in the hospital for? How long were you recovering for? So, um, the accident happened in November and, um, I was in the hospital only for 17 days. I should have been in there for a lot longer. I should have been in there for months. Um, but I was being, um, I guess you could say abused in the hospital by the nurses um, so my parents took me out and they put a hospital bed in their living room. And, um, every night I would do my own rehab. So I would eventually, I was strong enough to get myself into a wheelchair cause I was in a wheelchair for quite some time, um, and get myself into a wheelchair and push with my right arm. Cause that's really the only thing that still works properly, push myself up. And eventually I could get to where I was standing and, um, so the recovery process for that, that happened November, the beginning of the month. And by New Year's Eve, that same year, um, I stood up for my family for the first time in front of them, like right before midnight. You can imagine it was kind of a, it was a big deal. Everyone was clapping and crying. And um, yeah, I, I hid it from everyone. I didn't want anyone knowing what I was doing because they all thought I was going to hurt myself. And um, But yeah, I did all my own rehab. So that was like a two month period of, of doing that. And then once I just knew I needed to be able to stand, um, once I was able to stand, then I went to a walker and kind of had to relearn how to walk again. And, and again, I'm doing all of this on my own. The doctors did not send me to rehab or anything until I was already walking. And then they decided that, oh yeah, this girl is <laughs> not a joke. She is really going to walk. Wow. Um, yeah, so I went from the walker to crutches to one crutch to a cane and then and then nothing was stopping me after that. I I continued continued on. So, why do you think the doctors didn't send you anywhere? Did they just kind of write you off as a she's never going to walk again? Um, yeah, they truly believed with the extent of my injuries because the pelvis was one of the worst pelvic cases um, that the the doctors in the United States have seen. Um, they actually used my case as um, 
for one of their medical conferences. So I know that that was, <clears throat> it was a pretty big deal because I mean, the, we flew in the best specialist and he did what's called a triple flip. So they have to flip you three times in the surgery and it was a, an 18 hour surgery. And for a triple flip, that's kind of unheard of um, in a major surgery to do. I, I don't really understand why. I guess it's just a lot of manipulation of the body. Um, but they say that it was one of the worst cases. And then for my left hip, so I have six metal plates in me. I have a metal plate holding my pelvis together. And then I have four metal plates holding my left hip together. And then one, one plate in my elbow. So they were just like, there's no way she's ever going to be able to put weight on her hips or her pelvis. Um, so yeah, they just, they really did not think I was ever going to walk again. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I, it, it's, you are truly the opinion, epitome of not letting anything stop you. I mean, to have all those plates and the bars in you, I feel like, and I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people would kind of just be like, well, this is the way it is. I can't, I can't do yoga. I can't do the gym. I can't be fit because I have, you know, I have these plates and, you know, I can't move that way. And I have another friend who has like a whole steel rod up her spine. She had to have major back surgery. And I mean, this girl is doing cartwheels and backflips. And you're like, well, you know, if yeah. anyone shouldn't be able to do it, it's this girl. But same with you. Yeah. Like that's, amazing and I'm just it's so inspiring to hear how you didn't let any of that stop you well now don't get me wrong like <laughs> I definitely had my times um where I actually contemplated suicide um this it, I was in my wheelchair still at this point and um I just I got in my head and was like, this is, this isn't, I'm not going to live this way. Like I'd rather in my life than have to live the rest of my life in a wheelchair. Um, so I, I actually had a gun to my head and, um, I, as soon as it touched me, as soon as the gun touched my head, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is not, this is not how I want to go. Like I'm going to go fighting, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let this stopped me and I'm not going to listen to what other people say and let that, you know, without even trying, like, I felt like I hadn't really tried to even to get better. You know, I was just listening to what everyone else was saying. So, um, so yeah, I had my ups and downs and it wasn't like once that happened, then I was like, Oh, everything's good. And I'm going to try. It was definitely, you know, I went through depression and I definitely had to work through it, but, um, it's a hard, that was a hard journey to go through, but at the light at the end of the tunnel, it's like, now I own a gym and I'm in the best shape of my life. And yes, I do have limitations where I can't run more than like a 5k, but honestly, who needs to run more than that? Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, um, there, there are certain things and even certain poses in yoga that are extremely hard for me to do. Um, but I am just thankful and grateful that I am still here that I am alive and I, I have two children and I'm married and, you know, we live in this beautiful place. So it definitely put into perspective the little things that we take for granted um, in everyday life. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you more. What do you think was the driving factor behind when you had that moment of contemplating 
suicide. And I can relate to that. I was in a place, a very dark place in my life too. But what made you decide, fuck this. Like, I'm not doing this. I want to live. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, I, I think it's probably because I can be pretty stubborn <laughs> and it's not, that's not how I wanted people to remember me. I didn't want people to remember, oh, you know, Angela, she gave up, you know, she was in so much pain. She couldn't deal with it anymore. You know, I mean, there's so many issues, um, that go along with suicide and, and I, I just didn't want, my story wasn't over. Right. You know, I okay. knew that I knew in the back of my mind that I could at least try to beat this. And then, and you know, in my head, I was like, okay, if I can't, like if I put 110% in and I still can't, then maybe I'll, I'll think about ending my life again. Like seriously, that was this messed up thought in my head, <laughs> but, um, I was able to overcome it and, and yeah, I just, you know, for anyone out there listening that has ever gone through suicidal thoughts or depression, you know, you can totally change it. You can totally do whatever, you know, more than you actually think you can. And what I, I tell a lot of my clients too, it's like, it may not happen the way you think it's going to happen. Like maybe I, maybe I wouldn't be able to walk how I am on my own, but maybe I would be with crutches or a cane or whatever, but at least I would be not in a wheelchair. And so that's what I was, I was pushing towards just I didn't want to be in a wheelchair yeah that's amazing and I mean it's hard to it's hard to be in a positive mindset initially when you're in those darker spaces Mm -hmm. but for me when you're talking about it like the first thought that came to my mind was no way like the universe is not ready to let this girl go like it was not her time to go so to, to go down the right route of like suicide, like, no, 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 you survived all this girl. Like you got to keep going. You can do this. I think that's a, that's a really powerful thing for people to think about is yeah you can go through these really difficult, difficult times. Like there's, there's no taking away from the pain and what you went through, but you didn't die. Like it was not your time to go. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's, it definitely, like I I was saying earlier, definitely put into perspective and you know, when you're in the moment, it's, you can't see anything. All you can see is darkness. Um, but there was a little glimmer of, of hope. And I just, I kept trying to focus on small things. Like for me, the small thing was just being able to stand. And then once I hit that goal, it's like, okay, now I need to be able to regain strength in my legs so I can actually hold myself in the standing position you know, so it was just little goals to hit before I actually got to walking and running and jumping and, and all that. But, um, definitely anyone going through depression, just set a small goal in front of you, something that is attainable and achievable that, you know, you can get to and focus on and one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So you have stood on your own at this point, when did we when did you jump into the world of fitness and yoga was it a long transition after you started walking again it actually was it was a long transition so 2002 was my accident um I moved up to so I was in New Orleans when this happened 
Um, I moved up to Orcas Island where I live now in 2006 and, um, 2008, we, my husband and I bought a gym. And so it wasn't really until 2008 that I really took my fitness to another level. Um, now when I moved up here, I was working out. I was actually a member of the gym that I now own. Um, so I started getting back into fitness you know, for almost five years after the accident. Um, so yeah, it, it was a long progression. And then um, I found CrossFit about six months after we purchased the gym. And to be honest with you, that was probably the best, actually, I'm not even gonna say probably, it was the best um, modality for me to find and get back into, into shape. Um, and then it wasn't until um, last, I think it was last, it might've been 2017 that, um, I, I was introduced to a good form of yoga. Um, and all yoga is great, but for me, the, the type of yoga that I was introduced to years ago, um, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it mentally. I am physically, I was still in a lot of pain. I couldn't hold downward dog because of my elbow. Um, so I went to, I'm going to do a little plug for Wonderlust. <laughs> I went to Wonderlust here um, in Seattle, and it changed my world. It was a mindful triathlon, so I, I don't think they did that this year. I think they did a two-day event this year, but um, if a mindful triathlon ever pops up around you, definitely go to it. It's just a one-day thing. You, do, you start out with like a 5K run, come in and do 60 minutes of yoga, and then a 30-minute meditation. Um, the yoga was a vinyasa flow um, style yoga done outside. I mean, it was just, we had hundreds of people surrounding us. The energy was perfect and it got me, like it sucked me in. And I remember looking at my friends saying like, holy shit, is this what yoga is about? <laughs> like I, this is the missing piece. Like this is what I need. And I immediately left Wanderlust knowing that that was my next step that I needed to become a yoga teacher or you know, not as, maybe not necessarily a teacher right then and there, but I knew that I needed to further my practice in yoga and that was the next step. And so I looked at, um, all different studios and I ended up finding core power. Um, and I went and did their 200 hour, um, teacher training and fell in love. And I went in, you know, you go in with your intentions and you share your intention with the class and mine was just balance. Like I just wanted to balance out my life. And I felt like yoga was the missing, one of the missing links. Um, so yeah, it's, it was yoga just really came into my life over the last couple of years. That's amazing. I, I'm a huge, huge advocate of yoga. And when you said you want new teacher training was the next step for you mm -hmm. and you were looking for balance, did you have any intention even in the back of your mind of oh, I would like to teach yoga one day? Or was it strictly for a deeper practice in yourself? Both. It okay. was mostly, so whenever I get into any different type of modality, I'm always selfish. <laughs> I always want it for myself because I feel like if I love something and I'm passionate about it, it's going to create that spark in someone else because everyone wants to learn from someone that's passionate about what they do. So I wanted to I wanted to further my practice and become more passionate about it and then start teaching. And I had this, you know, crazy idea of 
doing it in my pool room here at the gym. So that's, and, and maybe even incorporating some water into it, but um, that's still down the road and in the works. But I am, I am teaching yoga now. So <laughs> amazing that there's like so many different ways that I want to go here. The fact that <laughs> you started to, I own a gym and then work at a gym. I think a lot of people would go, wow, like I didn't see that transition coming from somebody who wasn't able to walk to now they're doing, you know, fitness and they're doing yoga and doing probably what a lot of people thought there's no way that this girl will ever do. Right. (laughs) I think that's amazing. And it makes, it does make sense. I mean, when you started to do fitness, was it strictly just to get your body stronger after this accident? Yeah. I mean, it was, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, you definitely need to, to strengthen. And I felt super weak, of course, after the accident, I'm regaining all the strength in my legs. I lost so much muscle. I think I went down my lightest weight was like 97 pounds, which wow. I'm only five one, but right now I'm five one with a lot of muscle. So I'm, I'm right about 120 pounds. So losing that much weight, um, you know, I mean, it changes everything. Um, so yeah, the, the fitness side of it was definitely getting back in shape, gaining muscle, getting stronger. Um, and it was also, I learned and like looking back, it was kind of a form of meditation. I could just mm-hmm. go in and not focus on anything else, just the task at hand and what I was doing. Yeah, I agree. I, I was very reluctant in my practice to start quote unquote meditation, mm-hmm. but going back now, I'm like, well, that's, I was like a movement meditation is what we call it when we're doing yoga, right? Like you're in the zone and you're just flowing. But um, I'm curious, what drew you to CrossFit? Um, So I got introduced to CrossFit because we went to, um, uh, it was like a family kind of gathering for one of the grandma's birthdays and a cousin that my husband used to work with showed up just ripped and he's I think about 10 years older than my husband and so we were like what the hell are you doing (laughs) like what are you taking are you like jacked up on something and he's like no you gotta try this he's like it's this new program that's out and again this was uh, let's see back in 2008 when we found it so it wasn't that new but we are definitely one of the old older school crossfit gyms I mean we've owned the gym or the, the CrossFit affiliate for, um, going on 10 years next year will be 10 years that we've had the the CrossFit gym. But, um, so it was that, so we, we looked into it and we're like, well, shit, if he can look like that and he's 10 (laughs) years older than my husband, then, you know, let's, let's check it out. And so we did. And I actually drug my feet on it. I was like, why do I have to do these you know, these movements this way. And why can't I just go in the, in the weight room and just lift and not have to think about, you know, am I doing an AMRAP? Like I can only do this for 20 minutes and I need to go like, you know, I totally, I was like asking all the questions. Why do we have to do this? Why this? And and then finally I just shut up and just did it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I went down and I, I got my level one certification and the light bulbs just were going off. I mean, I was like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And then now, since then, um, I am a level two CrossFit coach with, as soon as my schedule slows down, I'm hoping to go in for my level three test. Um, so that's, that's kind of a goal soon too. 
Uh, but yeah, CrossFit has really like, I, if I don't do CrossFit or the functional movement style workouts, my body just, I feel it. Like I definitely <laughs> need to keep moving. Um, so CrossFit has truly helped me with that. Yeah, no, I'm the same. If I, if I go too long without any sort of movement, I'm very antsy. I'm like, I got to get up. I got to do something. And I try to switch up. Like I'm a yogi at heart, but I also like to really incorporate some power into my flows. Um, I learned this thing. I don't know if I'm going to get it right, but falling matrix from CrossFit uh-huh. where you're like on the on the mat and then you're standing up and then you're touching another body part and you're falling off and you go to the mat and that kicked my butt and I was like <laughs> I need this more because it's it's such a it's such a focused thing too and it's hard like there's one time like you have to keep like your arm behind you and you can't use that and it it really puts into perspective of like using other body parts that you wouldn't normally use yeah and yeah, then absolutely. Yeah. So then we go to Wonderlust, which I went to my first one last year. We had it in the park here in Toronto. It's I know it's amazing, isn't it? I feel like we could do it a is. whole podcast on Wonderlust. <laughs> <laughs> we totally could. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. Um so you went to Wonderlust and then decided to go to Core Power and get your certification. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific type of yoga that you practice and teach or where yeah, do you so, from there? So I am, because I, I like that style of flow. Like I like to keep moving, um, for my injuries, it's, it's, it can get painful. Like yin yoga is, is a little bit more painful for me because holding those positions, um, I can't fully lock out in my left arm because of the metal plate. So um, holding those positions can be a little challenging and a little bit painful. And I notice that, um, and this is something that I constantly work on is ego <laughs> and releasing the fact that I don't have to look like, at, you know, like the person next to me. Yeah. Um, so, but my, that being said, my style that I truly am passionate about and I love is like a vinyasa power flow like okay. just breath to movement and let's just flow. I want to make you sweat, but I also want to give you that, you know, all the, the good things that yoga has to offer. And, you know, we still, um, we still sat in tensions. Um, we don't own in or out or anything like that, but it's definitely, um, it's a really great practice for, I, I like to introduce it to beginners um, especially my CrossFitters that have never done it because it kind of go, it coincides with everything they're missing in CrossFit, you know, so balance, it all comes back to balance and being yeah. well-rounded and, uh, and trying different things and new, new modalities. Amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. I like, I like introducing yoga to beginners because I think they have a very preconceived notion of what yoga quote unquote, should look like. And I think when you take out, I mean, I'm working towards my 500 now uh, hours now. So like we do that, we talk in Sanskrit and we do OM and whatnot, but I don't do that with my beginners because I think that would just freak them (laughs) right out. But you, you dabble, right? You, when you talk about 
breathing, you're also like, hey, just FYI, you did a little bit of meditation there. And it, it breaks down that wall of, you know, chanting ohm, sitting cross-legged right. in a room for hours on end. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So yes, breaking it down. And, and, and that's really like my focus on even fitness too, is, is let's break it down to the basics and let's start over because, you know, as we get older in life, um, we get lazy and we do things improper and then doing it over time. Like that's how you throw your back out, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, for me, even I've kind of worked that into yoga. It's like kind of getting back to the basics and getting the movements down and, um, and just kind of teaching them from the very beginning. And I think the, the person that sticks with yoga is going to eventually get it. It's going to get like, you can't do yoga for, you know, a while without being like, wow, this, my body feels so good. And listening to what the instructor's saying and, you know, like it, I think it's just, it comes natural. And, mm-hmm. and then again, yoga isn't for everyone, you know, just like CrossFit isn't for everyone and working out isn't for everyone, but for those, for those that it is for, um, it's such a wonderful thing. Absolutely. And I feel like I, I would personally love to see everybody doing some form of yoga and fitness because I, you just, you can't argue how good it is for you. And (laughs) there's so many benefits to practicing yoga and to working out and to, you know, to be healthy in general and to be healthy, you need to get that heart rate up every once in a daily, once in a while for those who are really, (laughs) uh, um, that don't want to practice it, but that's part of being healthy is finding time for fitness on any level. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And putting yourself first too. Yes. Like, you know, that's such a huge, huge thing is that most of us put everyone, especially if you're a mom or, you know, you always put everyone else before you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really just getting back to that self-love and, um, and really putting yourself first and really making yourself a priority because you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. I 100% agree. And I always say that to my clients is you got to fill up your (laughs) cup before you can fill up others. Right. Yep. It's so important. So before we jumped on the call, you were also mentioning, and I think this ties in so nicely with what you're doing, is that you're a Reiki master. I am. Yes. Another missing link to (laughs) me being a well-rounded, balanced uh, human. (laughs) No, that's, how did that come into fruition for you? Well, Reiki is something that I actually, I think as a kid, I always kind of did without knowing. Um, I don't know if you ever did this, but I would play with energy, not knowing that I was playing with it. And I would take my hands and like put in a little ball and like I could feel heat between my hands and I'd pull it away and just kind of like play with energy, not Mm -hmm. knowing that that is kind of like a form of Reiki. Um, and so one of my very good friends did this Reiki course online and and I'm like, you know, I've always been super interested in energy and I, I am addicted to learning. So anything that I can learn that interests me, I'm going to do it. And she's like, you should totally jump in on this, like do the next course. And so I did, and I did the level one Reiki and, um, and I, 
you know, sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my head around some of it, but if you just kind of let go of your preconceived, you know, judgments on things and, and just kind of have an open mind, um, it's truly unbelievable. So I ended up going through four courses, um, to get the master Reiki level, um, not meaning that, you know, I'm a master at it and I know everything about it. Absolutely not. It's just now I can start teaching, um, Reiki courses if I chose to, um, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable in my Reiki practice to start teaching anyone else, but I will get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's such a fascinating, I mean, you know, and, and I felt like I kind of had a little bit of the upper hand because I was going through my yoga teacher training at the same time. And so learning about the chakras, you know, you learn all that in yoga as well. Um, so I really had, had it coming from both sides. I had, you know, Reiki course that I was doing and then this yoga course, and it was just all coinciding and working together just perfectly. It was a little stressful because I was trying to run a business and raise kids in a marriage <laughs> and still coaching and, you know, doing yoga and Reiki. So my plate was definitely full at that point in my life. I know. I feel, I feel like I'm the same way. I'm like, I can't just do one thing at once. Like we have to start a blog. We have to start the podcast. We have to start videos. We have to start teaching. We got to do all the things at once. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. I, the more you and I connect and talk, um, I, I have my level one Reiki certification and honestly only because my bank account was like no we need a break here we need to <laughs> let's get some funds back in before they go out because I have same thing I have certifications in far too many things that are related yeah. to yoga but I really like I really like the aspect of learning about energies and I same thing I was very much a person who I would be like I don't like their vibe. I can't tell you what it is that I don't like, but I'm not feeling them. Mm -hmm. Or I would, for me, it came in the form of dreams too. Like I'm very, I've always been a very vivid dreamer and I could touch somebody or speak to somebody and have crazy thoughts or dreams or images that come into my head and when I felt comfortable with the person, I'd be like, hey, like I dreamt about you in this manner the other day or whenever I'm near you, I see this animal and it yeah. would directly correlate to what they were going through in life. Or they'd be like, oh my God, like there's no way that you could possibly know that I like I'm, I'm struggling with this and I'm going through this or it that animal has to do with this thought or feeling I'm going through. So I think it's. It's a very interesting aspect to be a part of. I'm really intrigued by Reiki and I think it's really important to have a good teacher. Like I've seen some people and I'm like, I feel like you're not the real deal. And others I'm like, wow, yeah. like you're very, there's a lot coming from you. You have very good energy and synergy. Um, yeah. I think that's amazing that you're a Reiki master. That's so cool. Yeah, thanks. It was, it was definitely, um, it felt pretty natural going into it. And it's, yeah. it really makes you realize again, what the human body is capable of For sure. and how amazing, you know, we actually are. Um, yeah. So it, it, 
kind of just fit right in, right in with where I was going with yoga. So I'm really glad that my friend turned me on to it. Amazing. Do you have any other self-care practices that you live by or other forms of wellness that are non-negotiable in your life? Um, baths. Yes. <laughs> Candlelit baths. This is, uh, may sound a little funny, but this is where I do all of my meditation, um, or ground myself. So, um, you might, I think you probably learned this in your level one Reiki about grounding and how like salt will help ground you. So I always do like an Epsom salt bath. I like candles. I do all my meditations there. I feel like it's such the cleanest place to do it and, you know, being naked and one with whatever is around you. And, um, so that is non-negotiable. I have to do baths almost every night, um, just to kind of get back because with my business, I am around so many people and, Mm -hmm. you know, once you're in Reiki and you're open, um, you have to learn how to like ground yourself and shield yourself from energies. And, you know, I, I get so drained by the end of the day that I'm just like, I need, I need to just soak for like an hour, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, but other than that, nutrition is super important for me. Um, I definitely fuel my body, um, so that I have the most energy that I can. So I keep up with my kids, um, keep up with my business. So I'm not feeling sluggish and tired. Um, so nutrition is huge, is huge for me as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of baths too. I have them all the time and it's like the same thing for me. It's like, it's a whole thing. (laughs) We're lighting the S the, um, incense. We've got the candles going. I've got the bubble bath, the Epsom salts, like it's definitely like at least an hour, if not longer. Um, yeah. it's, it's so cleansing to be there and to just be quiet. And I'm like, no phones are allowed around. It's, it's a very peaceful yeah. time for me. Yeah. Same here. It's such a, such a great self-care you yeah. know, thing to do. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And for and strictly just because I'm super curious, uh, nutrition wise, do you just try to eat as clean as you can? Do you have a nutritionalist that you use or a diet that you follow? Um, you know, I hate the word diet (laughs) (laughs) because diet for me is like, you know, there's an end to it. Like you're going to do it to lose weight or, or whatever. Um, so I, I try not to use the word diet. Um, but the way that I eat, um, is yes, very clean. I don't do, um, I don't do any grains. Um, maybe once in a while I might do some brown rice. Um, just if I'm working out super hard and I need that instant, um, those carbs to help fuel me. Um, but for the most part, it's lean meats, uh, lots of vegetables and good fats. Um, so Kind of, I guess if you want to say a diet, it would be more of the, along the lines of paleo. Okay, nice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same. It's hard. I don't know what other word to use beside diet, but I'm, it's the same. <laughs> I'm like, just eat to feel good. Like, if you want right. to eat meat, eat meat. Eat, I mean, eat vegetables, eat your fruits, and, you know, be healthy. But I, I just find it's like the people who count calories, if it works for you, then keep doing it. But 
like let's not make things so difficult like that's a lot of work (laughs) it is a lot of work yeah and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a lot of work no really (laughs) honestly and then you know learning how to um detach your emotions from food yes i deal you know a lot of my clients i'll hear and this is one of my biggest pet peeves i'll hear them say after a really hard workout like oh now i can go have ice cream or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> not a dog. Yeah. Stop giving yourself food treats, like go yeah. get a massage or a facial or like do something for your body. That's like good. Reward yourself that way. So detaching that emotion from food is huge. And that is, I mean, talking about nutrition, I, I relate it to talking about politics and religion. Like people they are very much sticklers about their nutrition. Um, so you can, you can touch someone in, a, <laughs> in the wrong space. I you, know. It's, if you're talking about nutrition in the wrong way. It's, and I don't know if you feel this so much too, but being in the yoga world, whew, I mean, you can say one thing about nutrition and your best friend can turn on you and it's like, <laughs> I I enjoy meat like it's it's I'm not I I don't like, promote it on social media but I eat it right and some people like yeah. all the pet like I I can eat vegan I can eat vegetarian I also enjoy some meat like I just I I like food but yeah you yeah. can upset a lot of people with your choice and what you eat yeah so <laughs> And it's so funny too, because it's like, it's your choice, Yeah. you know, and everyone's, everyone's body is so different where, you know, I don't know if you've ever looked into, um, eat for your blood type, but that, that plays like a, that plays a part in it as well. People don't realize that, you know, the type O, they need meat, like they need that meat. So if you hear of, and just from, you know, studies that have been done, um, hear of someone that's a, a vegetarian or a vegan that is an O blood type, like usually they're pretty drained yeah. um, from what I've come across anyway. So yeah. it's, it's definitely, people are, are different and their bodies need different things. For me, I, I love meat as well, but I don't have to, I don't have to eat red meat. I can do fish. I can survive off a of vegetable, but as long as I have some sort of really good protein, Um, but yeah, I stay away from legumes. They're pretty hard to digest. I just, honestly, I want to fuel my body like a race car. I want to be able to perform at any given moment and not feel sluggish. Um, so that's how I look at, at the things that I put in my body is just as fuel. Yes. I love that. I want to be really mindful of your time. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. But do you have any advice or tips or tricks for somebody who's new and starting out or maybe isn't feeling confident to start their own fitness and wellness journey? Yeah, I, you know, it can be very hard, but just remember that, you know, you need to put yourself first and this is, um, this is something for you and that, um, I guess mainly that you can do anything you put your mind to. So if it's starting a new journey or, or maybe starting a nutrition program or yoga or something like that, just one foot in front of the other, take small baby steps, set your goals. 
um, so that they're attainable and, and yeah, and you can do it. And if anyone needs any advice or help or anything, like I am always around, I always try to respond to any messages that are sent my way. And, and yeah, eventually I'll probably do some online coaching and, and things like that too. Perfect. I love it. Well, where can everybody go and connect with you online? Pimp yourself out. <laughs> um, Instagram is probably the best way to find me, but Instagram and Facebook, um, Angela Nicole Fitness, uh, Nicole is spelled with an H. And then I do have a website that'll give you some more information. I'm, I'm going to do a fitness retreat in Fiji. Um, so if anyone wants to join me in Fiji, uh, that will be the end of July, beginning of August. Um, but AngelaNicole.com is where you can find information about that. Love it. And I will link all of that in the show notes. So if anybody is running or driving or anything, it will all be there for them. Thank you so much, Angela, for this podcast interview. It has been so amazing to connect with you uh, in person. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was it was great. Wait, guys, before you go, let me know what you thought of this podcast episode by taking a screenshot of it and tagging me on your social media. I'll be sure to re-tag it and re-put it out on mine. And also leave a rating and review. So this does help the podcast grow and it really helps me to know what value you're getting out of these podcasts, who you want to see on the podcast. It literally takes less than two minutes and I appreciate every single one of you that leaves me a review. With that being said, I will see you next week. Namaste.